When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the underpowered hour on this week's show. Ike and Linus give their opinion on Holy Wheels, Defender Knockoffs, our new Facebook group, and more. And now, without delay, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the analog gauge to Stephen's digital readout. I'm the smoking dash of podcasting. Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike and Linus, special guests and really, really everyone's favorite uh, part of the podcast. So Linus is joining us in our upcoming and upcoming episode, but you guys are back uh, fresh from a uh, big, huge, giant adventure. Yes, yes. We went to the desert. It was still there. For oh, okay, it's know. still there. Desert was still there. We uh, we saw dunes and uh, abandoned places, cabins, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. ghost towns, uh, random random camels, animals, uh, unusual yeah. animals. Dune, the film Dune on on Laserdisc. Pretty sand sure. So yeah. Pretty good yeah, sequel. Sand we worms. ate we ate a lot of spice. Yeah, the a spice. Lot. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's a it's a $20 remake of the film Dune, uh, and instead of uh, the spice, it's just uh, gas station Indian food. I mean, I would probably build an interplanetary system to collect that stuff if it wasn't already available. Yeah, so, gas station yeah. Indian food. Interstellar travel is powered by yeah. uh, gas station Indian food. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that makes sense. Well, uh, boys, in the, uh, in the news this week, uh, I, I always, you know, I have a special... A team of researchers working round the clock to find new and exciting wheels for Land Rovers. As uh, I know it is Ike's favorite thing, I may have, and I challenge someone to find a wheel that is holier than this particular (laughs) wheel. What about the wheels on the Pope Mobile? Yeah, possibly. I mean, the only way you could make a wheel with, with, Holes that are closer together. <laughs> oh, that's if, kind uh, of if holy. The, the hub was somehow like uh, suspended by magnets or something inside of the tire. There is uh, so little, uh, so little holding this uh, wheel together. But of definitely course talking, more hole than wheel. It's it's a company called uh, Heritage Customs. Um, you would be hard pressed to not know that, as it is written in white lettering on the wheel itself. Um, and uh, there's got to be about uh, yeah, it's laser engraved, and there's there's six hundred thousand holes on the uh, around the circumference of this plus of this plus the five wheel. holes that you know you mount it with. So yes, those at least get something put into them. 
The rest of these holes are. I think you could uh, put something you know, in the other holes too. I guess you could. Creative. I mean, maybe some. Maybe you could uh, fashion a, a basket weaving apparatus or something uh, with all those uh, holes. You know, they look like about the diameter of a hot dog. Those all those wheels. You could just put hot dogs in there. Hot dog wheels. So yeah, these wheels uh, are very reminiscent of the wolf wheels. Mm -hmm. You know, that were uh, yep. made and sold for military Land Rovers and mm -hmm. uh, later uh, sort of an aftermarket fitment for yep. Series and Defenders. Yeah. Uh, except they have way more holes. And uh, more they're holes. 20 inches, which is uh, written in 20-inch tall letters on the <laughs> side of the oh. wheel. Did you oh, yeah. notice and on the, the site where we have been looking at them, there is the ability to swipe uh, and get Ooh. more pictures? There's 50 photographs. There you can swipe through. We'll post that link uh, to this uh, article. And uh, oh my goodness, yeah, I believe. Well, this is a whole. This is a whole oh, heritage. It's, it's the car. Okay. Yeah, the it's whole car. So there's the some. There's like some bronze wrap. Maybe it's real bronze or copper. Maybe, and then it's, it's kind, kind of, of got a like faux tina, or or as our friend Rob Sprasson says, shitina. Shitina. <laughs> yeah. Got a nice they put yeah. on the vents and the sounds like a stripper that I met one time. Oh yeah, and you know the so, uh, the wrap that they've got on it is reminiscent of like uh, one of those rubber made storage sheds. You know oh, that's yeah, like made yeah. out of that. You yeah. know, it's sort of <laughs> the kind that always leaks. Yeah, the roundiness of the new Defender really lends itself to sort of looking like a rubber made tub. It's good. Well, I think good. what's interesting great. is there's there's an inception level of fakeness uh, to these mm -hmm. uh, treatments. You know, yes. like, first of all, you've got fake diamond plate on the top of the Defender, right? Right. It's not even right. real, real aluminum diamond plate. Yeah. yeah. And then plastic. that fake mm. diamond plate has a fake metal finish to it. Yeah, it does have a books on tape, back on books kind of quality. Yeah. I just uh -oh. look, I just love, look, look at that. It's like a fake copper. Yeah. Yeah. Fake copper. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's like. It's like someone took like the rub and buff uh, copper. It looks, uh, you know, there and there is a company that will sell you both rusty and non-rusty metal replacements for those plastic inserts in uh, in the mm -hmm. hood. But uh, I think we it doesn't make it any more structural. Episode. Oh yeah, for sure. No. It just doesn't. It doesn't make it any more structural. They want to make it seem like it's part of an oil derrick that's been sitting in the ocean for like twenty years. Yeah. Exactly. But really, it's just it's just plastic. Yeah, it's an old timey like uh, windmill from a farm in Missouri. But uh, nope, nope, not at all. So sprayed this on. This is amazing. Out of a can. I, uh, you texted me the link to look at those wheels, Stephen. Well, I would expect you to uh, buy them. I thought you that was maybe, well. Uh, I, I already did. But, that was on uh, his wish list for Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's why I had five stockings hanging in my Land yeah. Rover. You guys. Um, I just realized I was scrolling back through our conversation, and I remembered that I sent you this uh, photograph of this T-Fender. Oh, yes, of course, the T-Fender. We I probably totally need to talk about, about this that. thing. <laughs> we oh, should absolutely. talk about this thing. Yeah, do the you... humble station wagon by Toyota yeah. has been defenderized thanks to Japanese tuner ESB style. And they're that's also, that's coincidentally also my favorite uh, Japanese uh, pop band, ESB style. It's great. Mm. They do good things. Got some good stuff. It's kind of like Gangnam style. Yeah, it's, it's great. They got style. some good stuff. But no, this is is kind of incredible. It's a Toyota van, sort of station wagon, sort of thing that we certainly we don't get here at all. And they they have changed the front fascia much. You know, sort of. They gave it the little D treatment. Is what they've done. Uh, they've gone through and they've little deed this uh, this Toyota van. For those uh, listeners that don't know what Stephen is talking about when he was referring to Little D, it is a penis. Suzuki Jimny body kit. 
yeah. that is applied to a Suzuki Jimny to make it look like a Defender. Yeah. And because the Jimny is so much smaller in stature than the Defender, it's called the Little D. That's how it it's sure marketed. Is. It and sure so is. it's another Japanese uh, auto manufacturer that's taken another Japanese car and made it look like a Defender. But this particular one, the Toyota van, now it's it's two-wheel drive, isn't it? I'm looking at the in? website right now. There's a, a decent little write-up about it on this fabulous website called MotorBiscuit.com. And so this thing is actually called the Toyota Pro Box. That is uh-huh. its official name. Okay. And it's available only in Japan Okay, and also Jamaica, Bolivia, and Peru. Right. All the good so, ones. So shorter and less expensive version of the seceded. I don't, I'm trying to find out if it's two wheel drive or if it, if it's it gotta be two wheel drive. Fan. It, it feels two wheel drive just looking at it. But um, here we go. Yeah, this kit essentially adds the lower air dam. That's sort of reminiscent of a defender, the sort of defender ish grill, some letters along the hood and uh, what might actually be the headlights from a defender or at least very close to lights from a defender. The headlights really look kind of like they've just been sort of smashed in there. Um, the rest is actually kind of, you know, it's kind of interesting. It looks like a Russian knockoff of a Land Rover, you know, like it would be like Land Rover, you know, kind of a thing or something like it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I don't like there's a Chinese version of the Range Rover that is just a knockoff. I forget what it's called, like oh, the golden, the, uh, the golden bird or something. And the, it's the, uh, it's pretty cool. The ESV style kit is $2,500, oh. and it also fits the Mazda Familia Oh, if you don't already have a Toyota Pro Box. Right, but so, you do have a Mazda Familia. Yeah, I don't know which is worse. Can Let's we see, get uh, this kit adapted to a Mazda Miata? That's the question. Well, I mean, <laughs> anything's possible. It's a Familia is the brand the of Mazda Familia. It's like specifically the model designed for the band. mob. Yeah, it's a specific. It's another Inception yeah. level thing, right? It's just yeah. like it's an Italian name on a Japanese car that's trying to be a British vehicle. It's like, what is going on? That's perfect. That's perfect. Well, I'm sure you guys have have read in the 900 different magazines that picked up this whisper of. I guess it's news, although I don't feel like it's news. Uh, Autoblog is the uh, is the one that we are uh, referring to, but uh, Autoblog is reporting that the new Defender is reportedly getting an electric variant in 2025. So I don't think that's news, right? I think we knew that it was getting an electric variant and that it was going to be in like around 2025. But I guess I don't know. Somebody has made that. Somebody has made that official. Maybe uh, Terry Bellary on his way out was uh, was like, oh, by the way. Um, but uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's an interesting question to put a full electric powertrain in a Defender when the Defender is targeted at the sort of adventure overlanding kind of crowd without a way to, and maybe by 2025 there will be a way, but without a way to refuel it in the field without you know a football sized solar panel or a it looks like you panel. could you know yes. like oh that guy's cool he's probably goes on adventures you know it looks like you might do that but you don't so the question is i mean should we just take one of those little scion uh cube trucks and uh, just put a little d kit on it and uh say we have our own electric defender right now I mean, I think there's nothing stopping us. Or one of these T Fender kits. Or get a T Fender kit for a yeah for the a, like Mazda a Familia. Yeah. I think actually I was reading on another website uh, 
the bumper, the, the let's see, the 90,000 yen for the front bumper, 60,000 for the rear bumper, 50,000 yen for the headlight and taillight covers. Mm. But uh, besides the Toyota Pro Box, ESB Style is also preparing a similar defenderized version. I don't know what the heck this is. It's called the Honda N-Van K-Car. K being K-E-I. That's a really tiny vehicle. So Very it's, tiny. it's like a class of cars in Japan that encompasses mm. like all of the micro vehicles that they produce. And it's, well, it's sort of Apparently they're by making its, a kit for that too. It's capped by its engine displacement, and usually it's a thousand cc's or six hundred sixty cc's supercharged. Ooh. And so uh, that that's that would be really cute. That's even smaller than the Jimny, so it's yes. like a micro D. Well, I was reading, <laughs> I was reading also the size of the engine of the Pro Box, and I think it's one hundred and seven horsepower and one and a half liters. So nice. It's the same size as my motorcycle. Speaking of Japan, there is a uh, a video, and I don't know if you guys ever watch the Ammo uh, New York City. They're like they make uh, they make a uh, cleaning products for very very high end cars. You know, like a tiny bottle of spray. Ammo is the brand. Yeah, A M M O, and uh, they make you know like a little, little little spritzer bottle of like windshield cleaner for a Ferrari that's like two hundred dollars or something. So is this like a you know like a Maglite and Meguiars of the nineties? It is exactly. This is, this yeah. is ammo of the two thousand and twenties. Of the two thousand and twenties, yes, exactly. So the ammo uh, cleaning people, they have a YouTube channel where the guy, uh, Mister Ammo, I guess I don't know what his name is, but uh, he cleans. Uh, incredibly dirty cars, like cars that haven't been cleaned in 25 years. We should take a Mike's car. Oh, shoot. We just take a Mike. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we had a car recently that we cleaned. There'd be nothing that... left. <laughs> we had a car that had 55 gallons of dirt in it. No oh, yes. joke. No exaggeration. No kidding. No kidding. Oh. The tool yeah. lockers, the... The mm-hmm. space between the cab and the pickup bed, oh, like yeah. uh, down on along the chassis rail, mm-hmm. uh, rocks had had started clogging up the little gaps. Getting in there, and yeah. Dirt got on there, and then rocks and dirt, and it just mm-hmm. piled all the way up to the top capping of the tub, and it probably had like thirty pounds of rocks and dirt in there at least, and they wow. were all jammed in there, all squished, and you know you had, we had to bend the tub and sort of fish them out with a stick it was incredible how this much guy told us, in that this car. guy told us that he had never washed the car since he had had it and he had, had it for 45 years yeah right. never right. washed it and it was a plow truck so oh, it was shit. just full of soil you know yeah. he just would get in it with mud all over we had a car similar to this one time that you'll recall ike but instead of dirt it was cigarette butts mm-hmm. but this basically the same thing you couldn't see the floor you know it had it had a what are those mats called? Link that, mats. Link, oh, link, had mats, link yeah. mats in it, but you couldn't see them because all of the spaces in between the little links, full of cigarette butts, and in this case, dirt, and then just a layer over the top of the whole thing, too. So when you scrape the first layer of cigarette butts and or dirt off, you yeah. say, oh, my gosh, there's link mats. There's link mats. I went to look at a guy's Series 3 once, and he uh, had destroyed it, essentially. In trying to fix it, but um, but one of the things that he did was took to take the floors out to like mess around with the clutch and make it, I'm sure, much worse than it was when he got it. And uh, it uh, it had link mats in it. I only know this because I found a little chunk of link mat, and uh, I said, "Oh wow, are there are there more of where where are these?" And he said, "Oh yeah, they were they were on the floor. We threw them out. I don't know who made those. They're like made out of old tires." And I'm like, "No, those are super hard to get. You darn it! Oh, it's terrible." Anyways, but. 
Back to this car at uh, Ammo. So the Ammo folks have come across a a Japanese team camel trophy uh, discovery that has uh, seen uh, probably not been cleaned in a real, real, real long time. I think something like 12 years or something. Canadian impound? That was a a different one. This is a different one. This is a, um, this is, I'm not sure where they acquired this. This one doesn't have a roof rack on it. It's missing some stuff. This is a little newer than that one as well. Um, but it has, uh, again, pounds of shit in it, literal shit and figurative. Um, the glove box, when opened, there was like a full like raccoon's nest in there. It was nuts. Like uh, it, it is the dirtiest car, uh, certainly Camel Trophy uh, car, but maybe the dirtiest car I've ever seen. And uh, so to that's, be that's fair, if, if I had a raccoon nest, that's probably where I would keep mine. In the glove box of your Camel Trophy truck. Yeah, I bought... Sense. One time, speaking of dirty cars, in the Bay Area, I purchased a Series 2A88 Land Rover, and mm-hmm. uh, it had a pack rat nest in it to, yeah. to like, rival all pack rat nests. It looked it like a family. Like a, an apartment complex, I it, think. It looked like a, a family rat. of eagles lived in it. It, it. it had a nest from the dash up over the seats, like, over the middle bulkhead, Mm-hmm. And halfway up the rear door, and the entire engine bay was woven together with sticks. It looked like it looked like a beaver dam. It was and by crazy. A, by a family of eagles, you mean Don Henley? Yes, yes. Don Henley is and his this family the car lived that, in this Land Rover. That the rat was very tenacious and didn't want to leave. So uh, when I was in San Francisco, there was like a construction area, and they were like tearing down a building. And I was like, "Hey, can I leave all these sticks here?" And the guys were like, "Yeah, sure, whatever. We're just gonna." scrape it all into a truck and haul it away. And I was like, okay, cool. So I took a rake and I raked all of the sticks at the Land Rover. And it made a it made a pile like eight feet in diameter. It was huge. <laughs> and so I raked it all out and I knocked out most of what I could out of the engine bay. Mm-hmm. And I, I loaded it onto the trailer and I drove all the way back to Oregon, which is, uh, you know, uh, it's like an eight hour drive. So yeah. it's yeah. several hundred miles. And it's on the trailer and it's flapping around and I get all the way home and I decide I'm going to bleach this car out. I'm going to pressure wash it. I'm going to clean it real good um, because it was pretty unpleasant to be inside of with all that rat mess. So I did that and I'm like almost done and I'm like checking the brake fluid and I turn the reservoir, the cap on the reservoir and a rat just like jumps straight up out of there, scared me to death, scared me to death. I like tripped backwards and uh, it ran away, and we never saw it again. So uh, that's how invasive species populate a new yeah. region. <laughs> that's that's why the uh, hantavirus is so rampant you know how in they, Oregon. Yeah, how how Land Rovers, you know, explored the world and were the first vehicles seen by many indigenous peoples, and all mm-hmm. of this. You know, uh, they probably are responsible for quite a lot of invasive. They're the conquistadors <laughs> of uh, of motorized vehicles for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just all the British rats yeah. in the world came. To their new homes via Land Rovers. <laughs> via Land Rovers, yeah, that's true. It is the it is the first vehicle that most rats have used to get that to ever rode country. in. Yeah, that ever rode in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, well. Speaking of rats, I, I don't know if you guys, as you've been uh, away in the uh, desert on a vision quest for the last uh, couple of weeks, but uh, <laughs> ayahuasca we, trip. Yeah, an ayahuasca mm-hmm. trip. Yeah, we have uh, procured a brand new uh, underpowered hour Facebook group as there has been some call uh, from uh, primarily Ike's mom to interact <laughs> more uh, with us. Uh, Do I have and, to join it? No, yeah, specifically Linus uh, to interact oh. with uh, 
a second right. place to uh, to post a vintage do it right now. Uh, camping ephemera. Uh, that uh, you know that that's up and running now. We'll be posting, for instance, all of these interesting links we've been talking about today on the show. Uh, we'll be posting them up there uh, on the uh, Facebook group. So if you want to see the wheels full of a thousand holes or uh, you wanted to. Oh, uh, I love a... that you don't have to answer any questions. No, no questions. Anybody, no, any, any, just literally no scrutiny at all. Uh, you know, we don't care who you've murdered or whatever. Uh, you know, come on in. Uh, everyone is uh, welcome. We're equal opportunity in that, uh, in that respect. Uh, so we have the, uh, the Facebook group going up. We have uh, brand new. Brand new underpowered hour website going up that will uh, what was wrong with the old one? uh, Well, there wasn't really one. That's the oh, (laughs) so there's a uh, there will be one. Uh, we're working hard, uh, we're working hard on that. And the never requested YouTube uh (laughs) content, so our very first tip top tool tip uh went up uh, today actually all about a safety wire. And uh, if you watch it, you can see at some point I've stabbed myself in the hand with a safety wire and uh, I'm bleeding through a good portion of the... That's a good Easter egg. I think we yeah. should incorporate that into every yeah, tip-top tooltip. Every... It's just like you bleeding. You've cut yourself. Yeah. Have you ever seen the the uh, guy? It's like a Middle oh, I love that fellow. Guy. And he does electrical uh, tips and he shocks himself in every video. I, I love the one where the he, he made a heated seat by just like laying <laughs> bare wires across the surface of the chair and hooking yeah. it up to electricity. And yeah. it immediately started glowing and melting the chair. <laughs> He's always shocking himself and touching the soldering iron and burning yeah. himself. That's obviously uh, uh, he's he must be making up some of that, but he's very good at it. And I think while he is acting, I I pretty sure anyway, he is actually hurting himself. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still worth watching. Yeah. Well, I can guarantee you the era where there was real blood drawn. Uh, Stephen bleeds there. in every video. In every video, I have a small yeah. injury that will cause... So if you'd uh, like to see Stephen injure himself, please, please subscribe like and subscribe to, to, to our YouTube hour. channel. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's up there, so... We're making know. our I've way. Got, We're getting through it. You know, we've got a I've few got pretty, pretty good one here from the tub in one of the trucks that we were working on sliding through my hands as we were unloading it off the trailer. That's the slice. It's the worst. Good. That is the worst. Well, what's yeah. uh, so what's been going on in the uh, in the uh, workshop uh, there? Well, you guys are away. I, Jason has been sending me parts galore while you guys are, are away as this. I've been uh, I've, I've been uh, working on stuff. New starter motor in the. Uh, in the old uh, series, series three, three. which uh, every every part I take out of the series three reveals two or three more parts that are just wrong or stupid. So we yeah. we, we decide that like sometimes we get a car and it's a it's a running car, it drives, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. it's just missing all these little tiny screws and little clips and <laughs> you know sometimes bigger pieces and you wonder if the owner was like trying to decide how many parts they could throw away before it would stop running it it's a surprising number it's, it's a, a surprising, surprising number. number yeah i feel like every half. day of its life they just took one part mm-hmm. threw it away threw yeah. it away well but, i am uh, i'm finally done crank starting the series three every time i needed to do something with it which yes. uh is it is it is my daily driver for a lot of the times so that's uh, awesome. I'm very lazy when it comes to fixing things, 
But as it turns out, constantly crank starting uh, a car is the thing that will cause me to uh, replace. I had the, a Land Rover uh, like that so. for a yeah. while. No, I had a car with no reverse for a long time mm-hmm. too. But mm-hmm. Always mm-hmm. pushing it. I out had of a gas stations. <laughs> I had a diesel '88 that was like that I had in high school, and uh, the starter failed in that. And a new diesel starter was three hundred and fifty dollars, which mm-hmm. I did not have. Mm-hmm. And so I push started it for six months because <laughs> you can't crank start the diesel. Can't crank too much diesel, compression. No. Yeah, so I, I know. Just park uh, it and we we recently a replaced it. a starter in a car that didn't need a starter, yeah. uh, but uh, it had one of those reduction gear starters in there. Oh, you know? yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. it's a NADA six cylinder that we have, and uh, the post where the wire connects mm-hmm. on the solenoid on that thing is uh, point points yeah. right towards the engine block, and so the person who had put it on the car, the the wire was too short to reach that post if uh-huh. the wire was routed around the starter nicely mm-hmm. uh-huh. so they just routed it up behind the starter uh-huh. and then just smashed the starter up against the block <laughs> pinching the wire just just to nothing it was yes. just absolutely yeah. crushed in there yes. between it was like there's a rib that runs lengthwise along the block right there uh-huh. and that wire was just crushed right up just smushed <laughs> and i said i couldn't believe that that thing wasn't shorting out. And if that had worn through the, the oh. housing of that wire, that would have burned up the whole car. Just so tiny arc welder. We, yeah. we replaced that starter with a stock one and ran the wire the right way. Yeah. What uh, is your thinking on the reduction uh, starters? Do you guys do you like them? Are they, is it necessary? I have uh, mixed feelings about them. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate when somebody tries to improve Mm-hmm. On the Land Rover design, either for function or longevity, uh, I think my biggest complaints about the gear reduction starter is that usually it's an adapter, right? Mm-hmm. And and the gear reduction starter is an adapter from a commonly available, right. often Chinese-produced starter right. to right. the Land Rover flywheel. Mm-hmm. And so the problem with that is there are no parts available for those starters, right? It's right. a replacement only. And you don't know what it came from or where it is or you don't know anything about it, right? And so for that reason, I don't like them because Mm -hmm. uh, they're they're not a repairable unit typically. And uh, the other reason that I have questions about them is that I've seen some that uh, have have actually damaged the flywheel ring gear and chewed up those items. You know, I think it's sort of the situation where you get people who are like, oh, parabolic springs are the best because they've never driven a good set of semi-elliptic springs. Right. Mm -hmm. The same thing is true with these starters. Like the starter's 60 years old. It's never been rebuilt. It's sluggish. It has bad connections. Yeah. You know, it should turn the engine over with plenty of gusto to start it. Yeah. The original starters are very durable. They last a long time. Parts are available for them, brushes, springs, mm-hmm, field mm-hmm. coils, you know, armatures. You can buy all that stuff to repair the original starter. So I'm kind of in the repair it rather than replace it camp. And for mm-hmm. that reason, I tend to uh, lean towards using the original starters mm-hmm. just because I don't like these pieces that are non-serviceable, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah. and there's really nothing wrong with the the stock starters. Even in the like very cold weather, they turn the yeah. engine over. No problem. Yeah, no problem. 
No, my uh, Series 3 starts on like a half a crank. Like it's almost immediate. (laughs) Thank God, because I've been hand cranking it for the last, you know, (laughs) six weeks. But uh, but no, it starts right away. That reminds me, you're getting a box of broken parts uh, back from the box of working parts. We have a lot of those. We have a lot of those. So I'm going to send you that starter to rebuild. I think it was our friend Maurice that Horsepower Heritage. Oh, yeah. On Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, but and he has his own podcast. Yeah, he does. It's a great, yeah, great podcast. But I think it was he who had uh, who first mentioned the ring gear wear to me. Mm. You know, because if you think about it, like an engine has four cylinders, and those have compression on certain strokes. So yeah, the engine tends to come to a stop in four places. Right. Right. Yeah. So when when you go to start the car, your starter is always hitting one of four places. You're right on That's your a good ring point. gear. Yeah. So like uh, that excessively torquey starter going wham oh. in that spot, yeah. it broke one of his ring gear teeth oh. right off or mm-hmm. something. It wore and it was just grinding and spinning against yeah. that. And yeah. so uh, that's that was my first experience hearing about that issue. And I had a diesel for a while and I had the original starter in it. Uh, and I ordered a mean green starter for mm-hmm. it, I think, when you could still buy those. I don't know if you can. And, it took a year to get it, or longer first. Mm-hmm. That was a problem, but I had to use it because uh, you couldn't get the starter in and out of that truck mm-hmm. right. without taking the exhaust system apart. Yeah, and yeah. that became yeah. you know like something I didn't want to have to deal with. So I ended up putting one of those gear reduction starters on mm-hmm. on a diesel. You know, it it does make it crank nice yeah i think that is a good point the diesel is uh maybe an exception to that the diesel starters uh you know the factory diesel those things are huge they're very big and very big and those cars have a lot of compression you're they're 23 to 1 whereas a modern diesel is like 17 to 1 yeah so they're working against a lot of uh, a lot of force Uh, but the Mm -hmm. ring gear is largely the same as the petrol version so you still have to be careful with those ring gears the flywheel is different on the diesel but i think the ring gear is the same it's the the same yeah Mm -hmm. yeah we Mm -hmm. also we put a we put one of those gear reduction starters in a mercedes engine conversion recently and it was Mm. just a horrible horrible nightmare it was some generic starter with an adapter also mean green yeah, and the, the 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 adapter had to be modified because I don't remember the holes were not quite in the right spot. We had to enlarge the holes, and then mm-hmm. they make it like so you can clock it in all these different positions. Oh, right, yeah, sure, yeah. It was just not a pleasant experience. The starter was one of the worst parts of that engine conversion dealing hmm. thing, but in the end, it did work. And I ended up talking to uh, the people there, and they said that. Uh, they don't even make the adapter or something like that, but they've had so much trouble with it and so many issues that they're, they discontinued. Oh, wow. So well, that was the last. You put an uh, end to it, Linus. See you. The last uh, mean green starter that fits a Mercedes 240 diesel engine yeah, that you could have bought. That was the last one. They don't make it anymore. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. You'll also be uh, happy to know that I uh, finally replaced the uh, throttle cable in the uh, stage one. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. That's because it completely broke. Does it run now? I've been driving this... that car for the last couple of weeks uh, just on the choke in uh, low range. So uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's a little, that's a, that's not a super fun uh, way to drive that car. But uh, yeah, that's all fixed. And it, it actually, it made a huge difference. That, uh, that throttle cable uh, that was in there was obviously something was wrong with it because, uh, 
yeah, with a new throttle cable in there, it's nice and smooth. Speaking of beer guards that are broken, what's going on with your uh, transmission Freelander situation? Oh, oh yeah, well, saga. oh, what a saga it is, uh, too. Well, there's a you know an issue we're sorting out in that, uh, and we're not we're we're still we're still trying to get to the bottom of it, but there is uh, coolant in the transmission and oil in the uh, transmission cooler. So that's, that's normal, uh, right? That's, that's not that's that's the opposite of what that needs to be. So normal, we're uh, right? we're currently diagnosing that issue. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's an internal or an external <laughs> issue, but we're uh, we're going through that, and I. Think- uh, I I think yeah. there's more to that story, and uh, we we need uh, we need yeah. more details on that when it uh, becomes available. Yeah, once we uh, once a full forensic evaluation of that uh, has uh, happened, then uh, we'll uh, we'll do a, we'll do a special show just on that. But I have been in touch with our good friend uh, Harold uh, over there at the uh, Jagspeed, uh, of course, one of the contributors to the uh, Center Steer podcast, and he has John Kasich's uh, Freelander that uh, chimney fell on top of. And that just happens to have not one, but two Freelander transmissions. It has a transmission that I guess is just with it. And it has mm-hmm. another transmission, of course, in the car. And Harold said they it ran. And the, and uh, to the best of his knowledge, the new transmission will run as well. It's, it's, it's not new, but it was taken out of a, a running car. Um, the only catch is I have to take the entire thing. I have Ooh. to take the whole car. <laughs> the whole car. <laughs> Um, that sounds like something there, you would love. Is there a place uh, that rebuilds Freelander transmissions? Well, I have found a place that will rebuild the Freelander transmission. Uh, they're looking mm-hmm. in to see if this one will be rebuildable, seeing as it ran on coolant for, for how long? some time. Hard to say. Enough so, time uh, that it stopped are, working. Are we Enough theorizing that the uh, radiator combination transmission oil cooler is failing inside we are not uh, theorizing yeah. that at no, all i think it's something a little more sinister than that uh we're uh yeah we're not we're not exactly sure so uh the research mechanic, is being done the, the mechanic is... filled the transmission with coolant is, who can say who can say who can say we're uh we're looking at it. it's being looked into so uh you know we'll see we'll see what happens but when uh, i was when I was a kid, there was a 1966 Cadillac parked in the bushes by my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to go over there and play in that car. I think that's the, I, isn't that know. the, uh, isn't that the plot to it? The, the killer clown? Yes. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Christine. I think oh, that's yes, Christine. Right, right, right. But uh, uh, I used to take the garden hose and fill up the gas tank because I uh-huh. thought that was really smart. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody somewhere had to wonder why there was 40 gallons of water (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean that car went to the junkyard so yeah yeah yeah. well this one may too we'll see uh we'll see it uh you know there may be a uh there may be a trip out to uh out to pittsburgh to uh pick up john's uh chimney crushed freelander so it uh, couldn't you just ship it parts of it I could, but where's the fun in that? You know, it's uh, you know, I think if, if Phil, you I... should tell him, you should tell him that you're gonna ship the transmission separate from the car, and could he put the transmission on a pallet? Pick up have different days. Be like, oh, they didn't show up. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> just say he'll be there any day. Now he'll be there any day. He'll be I'm there pretty sure day. he's coming. Just hey, don't worry. Hold don't worry. tight. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's quite the thing. So we'll see. Uh, you know, uh, jury is, is really still out. turning into this is really turning into exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. It is really fantastic. Uh, it's a great uh, project. Uh, it's is been, this uh, a good I told you so moment? I don't. I think that was some time ago, Linus. I think that uh, that time yeah. has passed. It has come and gone and will likely come again uh, as uh, that seems to be the theme of this particular project. But uh, you know what? It's not about uh, it's not about how much it costs or the fact that at the end of the day, I still have a shitty car that nobody wants, even if it's running. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, it's it's about the journey, about the journey. Wait, wait, that's not true. That's not true at all. You want it. Look, yeah, that's true. I do want it. I do want it. I'm looking very forward to it, actually. I'm looking very forward to it one day running again, maybe, possibly. We're going to change the name of the podcast to Freelander Therapy. We have said, I think this is the last major mechanical problem that we will... Oh, no, wait. No, shut up. The last one we will suffer before we abandon this drivetrain and just convert it to electric or something. I think that uh, may be... I think you should convert it to step. a two and a quarter petrol. Well, it would be more reliable. You know that our good friend, our good friend Dixon, Dixon Kenner, he has uh, he has been saying since the outset of this project just to put a, a 1.6 liter in it and uh, and 80 inch uh, running gear. Uh, you know, we'll have to make some custom uh, some custom drive shafts, but uh, you know, switch it to a solid. Just lift the body off and put the body onto. Like I think it would might even fit on a 109 chassis. You know, it's not. It's not, it's long, but it's not, it's not, I don't know, maybe an 88, somewhere in between, maybe a Nick Dimbleby, like 100 inch kind of conversion. That's Nobody's done that to a, a custom yet. chassis for your freelance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just uh, weld it up. It shouldn't be too much. Trouble. No problem. No, we'll just throw it together. Fun. It'll be great. Well, it's on the list with the off road Miata uh, project as uh, something that shouldn't exist, but, uh, you know, like a, like a transporter accident, we're going to bring it into being. And, uh, you know, whether it likes it or not, uh, you know, it'll be. It'll be great. Well, speaking of uh, bringing it into being, uh, like it or not, uh, next week we are going to review your uh, incredible uh, desert uh, trip. Hopefully, we'll get uh, we'll get some uh, of the uh, co-patriots uh, there together, and uh, you can you can hear all about it. All the hot springs we found, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the horny camel. You can uh-huh. hear about that. Oh, it you was can... really raging. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can hear about the. The pig that got run over, the the sand dunes, uh, mm-hmm. the times we got stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can hear about the the transit van, a oh, couple that. that we rescued from Death Valley. Yeah, nice. Yeah, <laughs> the guy who locked his motorcycle up next to the toilet and couldn't. Oh leave. yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, well, no, we they rescued yeah. several fellow travelers. We only had one mechanical failure on the mm-hmm. trip that mm-hmm. I can recall, mm-hmm. and it was. The only part that I replaced on the car before we before left. left. <laughs> so potentially, if you had left, if you had just left it, it would be fine. You would have been, you would have been yeah. fine. So yeah. I took yeah. the part off. I replaced it with a new one, yeah. and then I put the used one because it was still working. But I was suspicious. I put it in the car, and I brought it with me. So when the new one broke, I put the one back on that I had already taken off. So. It's sort of like a, a like no change was really made. Very frustrating nice. when the new part breaks and the old breaks. one still works. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is uh, that is uh, really really annoying. Uh, ask Liza and Jenna about uh, ripping apart a brand new distributor to you know mm, that had, had twenty five yeah, miles tiny on it. Wire. Yeah, for one stupid uh, 
little wire. And that is why uh, we don't uh, use Petronics anything anymore. Um, so, well, at that, uh, boys, we'll wrap up for the week. But uh, remember, we are only, we're only two episodes away now from the 100th episode of The Underpower. What are we going to do? What are we oh, going to do? I don't know. I mean, we have... There's going to uh, be we'll... fireworks and hot yeah. dogs and yeah. uh, celebrations and tickets. Should we just raids? not make one? Just yeah, we're going to go right to 101. And then go to 101? 101, yeah. Yeah. And just talk about how great the 100th episode was. Yeah, yeah. And everybody oh, will man, think they amazing. just they didn't download it. Like, what happened? Where did it go? <laughs> it's much like the first episode. Uh, as as you know, the, the, you know, the public technically has only heard... Uh, even though this is our 98th episode, 97 episodes, because the first episode uh, we never released because of lost. technical difficulties. It was it yeah. was lost. So is maybe, that the one where you reviewed Nando's? That is the, it, is the first. That's it, how we kicked off the show, happen. actually. <laughs> well, at any rate, it's uh, been a slice, uh, as always. If you don't, for whatever reason, if you haven't uh, headed over to the old uh, Underpowered Hour uh, shop uh, on the old uh, internet there, uh, to get yourself uh, any number of wonderful stickers or T-shirts or uh, different ephemera. We're working on a, a Linus uh, line of uh, apparel, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, which I, I think will sell uh, very well. I think people will be really into it. Uh, each piece will did, be uh, I... individually worn by Linus before we send it uh, out. Mm. So, but, mm-hmm. but no matter what piece of clothing it is, it will all have been previously worn only in one way. Yes, that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to, exactly. you know, if it's a hat, it's yeah. still going to have been used as underwear. As underwear. If it's, yeah. a, pair of, if it's a shirt, Ooh. it'll still have been used as underwear. So they will all arrive very warm, no matter how long and it takes I, to get And I here. also, uh, I did make uh, a post on our Underpowered Hour uh, community here, a picture of the smoking dash of podcasting. Oh, there you nice. oh, Look so, at that. There, there yeah. you go. So. During our time, I have made a post there. So uh, yeah, Linus is the ultimate multitasker. He rebuilt a Coleman yeah, lamp, I, posted on the uh, Facebook, uh, and uh, knit a new Linus toque while uh, just while we were talking. <laughs> just while we were talking. So, well, at that, uh, thanks again. Hey, you know what? If you feel the urge, Linus, to head over to the Apple Podcasts app, uh, why not leave a positive review? for your third favorite uh, Land Rover podcast, The Underpowered Hour. Uh, that is a very helpful thing. If, uh, if Are you uh, somehow noticing that I haven't done that already? Yeah, that, I've, I've read the each, names I scrutinize each one, and I will pen an individual letter to each person thanking them for leaving uh, a review, as isn't I am highly like competitive. A, so, you know. Liking your own post on Facebook, isn't that just sort of That's exactly right. I have, I have an know, army of I mean, people liking stuff uh, on on all of the socials very important to me uh to be at the uh, top of that pile so um it is uh a pleasure linus as always ike good to uh, know you got back from the desert safe and sound looking forward to hearing all about it uh next week and uh man getting ready get the tuxedos pressed and uh you know iron the red carpets and uh you know whatever uh, lubricate the velvet ropes for uh for the uh, big hundredth episode I've been I've been licking the golden envelopes all day. That's what she said. All right. <laughs> Bye. It's been a slice. See you next See week you on the trail. The 
The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.